Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Are we responsible for the kinds of people that we are, for the good or bad moral qualities that have become part of our personality, or to use an older term, have become determinative of our, and expressive of our characters. Aristotle says, yes, we are indeed responsible for the kinds of people we are, what qualities we have in, in moral terms. He also even goes so far as to say, in some respects, we're also responsible for our physical state, but we'll get to that in a moment. So another way of asking this is, are virtue and vice, moral excellence, moral defectiveness or failure, something that depends on us? The term that, that Aristotle actually uses here is reminiscent of later authors because he talks about what is ep humin, literally up to us or our business within our control, and ug ep humin, something that we can see in, say, the Stoics later on with Epictetus. Does it depend for Aristotle on our choices and our actions? The answer that he has is yes. There are, of course, some exceptions. He will talk in Book 7 of the Nicomachean Ethics about brutality, where a person doesn't really have that capacity to determine their character, but that's a, that's a different topic. For the most part, unless we're talking about rather extraordinary circumstances, we have some responsibility for the people that we become, find ourselves to be, and then choose to change ourselves into. So Aristotle says a number of different things here, some of which I've put up on the board, some of which I'm just going to you know, read out of the text and comment on. The first thing that's really interesting is he talks about Freedom. What is up to us? He doesn't mean freedom in some sort of absolutely metaphysical sense, so don't, don't be overly concerned about what the definition of freedom is here. He's talking in a very commonsensical way. When it's up to us, when it's our choice whether we want to act, when we are free to act, to do something, literally, praxis, we are also free to not act, right? So that almost seems like a truism, but it's something worth reminding ourselves of because there's lots of people, and this is one of the constant problems, there's lots of people who want to take credit for some of the things as being up to them and then wiggle off the hook when it's bad things that they're involved with. So oh, that really wasn't up to me. It wasn't my choice, wasn't my decision. Aristotle says, look, if we're responsible for doing the right things, for engaging in the right actions, we're also responsible when we don't do the things that we know are right actions. Likewise, we're also responsible when we do the wrong actions or when we choose not to do the wrong actions, which would be a good thing, right? Not as good as doing right actions, but at least not doing wrong actions. If we are, you might say, in for a penny, in for a pound. If you want to take credit for the good, you have to also be willing to extend the credit for other people to criticize you for the bad. So when does this apply? Aristotle says it's when we can trace our actions and our choices back to ourselves. So we're talking about as the voluntary, but also the realm of the, the mixed actions as well. And Aristotle says that we are ourselves, to some degree, self-moved movers. We are agents. We can choose some things, at least, for ourselves. Not with, you know, total control over everything. Obviously, I, you know, I'm a 45-year-old man right now, as you see this video. 
and I'm not going to turn the clock back, although I can exercise more, lose some weight, and start feeling a bit younger. But, you know, I, I have what I have. And if I want to change some relatively well-established dispositions in myself, it's going to take quite a bit of work. But I do have some measure of choice about that. Obviously, as we get closer to the end, perhaps we have less ability to make use of that choice, but we still have some. So when we can trace things back to ourselves, we can hold ourselves responsible for it. That doesn't mean that we don't consider how other people played into things. For example, if I had bad examples from people that I was raised by or my teachers or things like that, if I fell in with a bad crowd, as, as we say, if I belong to a culture that's sending me the wrong messages, that will make it more difficult for me. And I will, I will be able to sort of, sort of push the responsibility off to some degree to them. We can also talk in terms of what some people have called moral luck, you know. None of that completely eliminates human responsibility, according to Aristotle. So another consideration that he brings up that's very important, he talks about this in terms of the, the lawmakers, but we can also think about this in terms of any sort of social function where people are giving praise or criticism or blame, you know, the two terms for, for the same idea, or rewards and punishments. Why do people, in fact, give rewards or punishments? Why do people give praise or criticism? It's because they are making the assumption that people are in fact morally responsible and therefore are deserving of the good or of the bad in this case. So these are four things that we assume to be voluntary. We may be mistaken about whether something really is voluntary and we may actually arrive at you know, a realization that some things that we thought were completely voluntary really aren't so much up to a person. You know, For example, our understanding of mental disorders psychological problems, however you want to put it. I don't want to you know, get anybody riled up and getting offended about that, although that's their choice, of course. Our understanding of that is a bit better than it used to be in the past. So, you know, for example, somebody who back in the 1960s, who I have in mind, who was just written off as being a bad kid and a troublemaker, it turned out was bipolar. Um, and there is a genuine physical disorder there problem with brain chemistry that can be remedied to a certain degree by you know regimes of medication which often have to change every so often and also with other forms of therapy the most successful of which tend to incorporate something like virtue ethics and habit modification in their workings so we can say that perhaps praise and blame might be wrongly given because we assume something to be more voluntary than it is but Aristotle still wants to say that look if somebody does have a disorder unless it's a very severe disorder they still have some degree of decision-making capability. Maybe more difficult for them, but they can choose what's going to become of them, particularly once they realize the condition that they're in. Aristotle also says that we can be responsible for the ignorance which we end up in. So not all ignorance gets us off the hook. If we're the kind of person who's typically negligent, he says, look, that's because you decided not to put in the attention that was needed to keep from being negligent. It may have turned into a character trait after a while, but if you don't exercise the activity of paying attention that you need to do, you're not going to suddenly become attentive. I mean, of course, you can perhaps take a pill that will make you more attentive for a certain time. That's not really changing your character. That's just changing your brain chemistry, the way your things are interacting. Stop taking the pill and you go back to being what you are. You know, if we're ignorant for our own fault, 
then we are responsible for that. He has a lot of examples like this. He says, if somebody is drunk, you can say, well, being drunk sort of gets them off the hook, but did somebody force them to drink? No, you might say something like, well, yeah, because they were going to the frat party, and it was part of the initiation thing, and everybody has to drink, drink, drink. They're playing a drinking game. And you can still say to the person, well, who the hell told you you had to do that? That was up to you. You weren't forced into it unless, you know, perhaps somebody actually was held at gunpoint and then it's a matter of compulsion. But in a lot of cases of ignorance, it's our own fault that we're ignorant to some degree. He says, it may be objected, perhaps uh, the person isn't the kind of person to take the trouble. Well, people are responsible for having become careless through living carelessly as they are for becoming unjust or prolificate if they do wrong or pass their time in drinking and dissipation. People acquire particular qualities, like I have here, people acquire particular qualities by acting consistently in certain ways. So when we behave in a certain way, we're not just deciding for that moment, we're also throwing that into the weight of the balances that decide, are we going towards virtue or are we going towards vice? So he has a lot of good examples here. He says, by the time that our character is fixed, some people want to say, look, you know, the unjust person, the greedy person, you know, just to take one example, they don't really have control over what they're doing because now it's become something like a sickness for them. It's something that they can't go against. Their desires are screwed up and they're, they're oriented in the wrong ways. Aristotle would say, yeah, you're right. Just like when we throw a stone, after you've thrown the stone, you can't take it back. Or if you shoot an arrow at somebody, you can't take it back. But who told you to throw the stone in the first place or shoot the arrow? You have a choice about that. So if we're unjust and we commit unjust actions very easily and think that that's the right thing to do, that's because along the way we made ourselves unjust, Aristotle would say. And he's not diminishing other people's culpability in that for sending us the wrong messages or deforming our character. He says, you can't just become unjust by wishing to do so any, any more than a sick man can get well by wishing. Although it may be the case that his illness is voluntary in the sense of being due to intemperate living and neglect of the doctor's advice. Aristotle, you know, when it comes to things like a lot of the diseases that we encounter, for example, stemming from lives of sedentary living and obesity, Aristotle would say, you have the possibility of getting up off your butt and doing exercise. We're not eating thirds every night. We're not having midnight snacks of uh, I don't know, ho-hos washed down with a sugary drink. That's within your capability. In our society, we're very conflicted about this, aren't we? And they were conflicted also in ancient Greek society as well. But Aristotle comes down on the side of, of you know, some degree of moral responsibility. He says that not only are vices of the soul voluntary, but in some cases bodily defects. Nobody blames a, a person for being born ugly. That's not their choice. But we do censure ugliness that's due to neglecting exercise and care of the person, also with infirmities and mutilation. Nobody would reproach, but rather pity a person who's blind from birth. But if you're blind, Aristotle says, because you drink all the time or you're blind because you went out and got yourself a disease through your own activities, well, then we might blame you for that. And we can still feel sorry and we can still, you know, make exceptions, but we can also say it's your responsibility. And then he goes on and he considers an interesting case. He says, somebody maybe says, all people seek what seems to them good, but they're not responsible for it seeming good. 
Each man's conception of his end is determined by his character, whatever that may be. So the idea here is, well, we just have different temperaments, and some people are nice people, and some people are mean people, some people are greedy, some people are much more altruistic. It's just the way people happen to be. I was born this way, is how we, how we often say it, right? And Aristotle says, look, people can have different temperaments. Some people may be more prone to anger, some people less prone to anger. I'm willing to grant you all of that, but we still have some stake in the kinds of people that we become. And the evidence for this is partly that those people still want to be praised and rewarded and looked up to for when they do things that are morally good that come from their character. They really just don't want to be blamed and criticized and punished or incur any sort of other thing that's negative because of the negative aspects of their character. He says, if this theory were true, how will virtue be voluntary any more than vice? We want to say that this theory is true. Quit rewarding everybody. Nobody gets a gold star. It's not that everybody gets a gold star. Nobody gets a gold star. There are no more stars. <laughs> that would be how we would do it. And Aristotle says, the good man and the bad man alike, the view of their end is determined in the same manner. All of their actions of whatever sort are guided by reference to their end as thus determined. Whether a man's view of his end is not given by nature, but is partly due to himself, or whether his end is determined by nature, yet virtue is voluntary because a good man's actions to gain his end are voluntary, in either case, vice will be just as much voluntary as virtue. For the bad man, equally with the good, possesses spontaneity in his actions, even if not in a choice of an end. So the long and short of this is, we're not totally responsible in the sense that, you know, we're to be blamed for every single failing that we engage in, but we shouldn't try to get ourselves off the hook either. And if we realize negative aspects of ourselves that we, we're not particularly proud of, we need to take stock of those as being part of who we are, rather than just merely attempting to shift the blame off to society or genetics or pick whatever other excuse of the day one happens to have. The long and short of it is, if we're responsible for the good parts of our character, we're equally responsible for the bad parts of our character. And this places upon us uh, something that may, in fact, feel a bit of a crushing burden to some, but it's also extraordinarily liberating. It means that nobody, unless they're so, so far gone that they can't even understand what's being said, is indeed so far gone that they can't change their character for the better. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.